0: Enterprise
1: Management 360. Hello, my name is Bob Tarzi, a freelance IT industry analyst, and I will be moderating this EM360 podcast. This is the second of two podcasts looking at application security. In the first, we looked at the problem of application security and some of the methods available to address it. It looked at how the skills of developers and the software development lifecycle can both be improved to produce better, safer software. In this second podcast, we will look at some of the supporting technology. The efforts to improve the quality of software fall into two broad categories. First, there is a testing of code before it is released, referred to as Static Application Security Testing, or SAST, and that's an abbreviation S-A-S-T. And then second, there is the testing of deployed software, referred to as dynamic application security testing, or DAST, D-A-S-T. With the growth in the use of Agile development methods and the speed with which these enable new releases to go into production, dynamic application security testing has become as important as pre-release static testing. I'm pleased to be joined by two experts from Rapid7 today, Ben Glass, who's the Manager of Product Consulting, and Jay Paz, who's the Director of Penetration Testing, and they will guide us through the technologies and how they can be used to build better, safer software during application development. Hi, Ben and Jay. How can security testing keep pace with the rate of software builds and releases that come with the use of agile development techniques?
2: I think with this process, it's critical to embed these testing techniques within the software development lifecycle, because through the agile development process and the workflow itself, that'll just become increasingly more important so that developers are able to unit test and test their code before it ever reaches production. So although you may have some organizations that prefer to test against production or different types of environments, I think Within an agile process, it'll be even more important to embed security testing and application testing within each build process that happens before code gets pushed.
1: Does that mean that you build a piece of software, you compile it, and and, and the testing tools are automatically fired off? Is that what you mean by integrating it?
2: Right. So for example, maybe I'm a developer, I want to write some code for an application, so I'm done with it. I wanna commit it to some open source, source control tool, repository, and then a build process happens where it runs a couple of tests against my application and the code changes that I made. And then within that process, you might have a couple to 10 or 15 different workflows, one of those being an application security test. And then depending on the results of that test, you can go back and make changes before that code gets pushed to production.
1: Preparing back to what I mentioned in the info, are you talking at the moment about this static application security testing where you're testing the code before it is released? Is that right?
2: I'm actually talking about both. So the SAS piece could be one of it, and then DAST could also be included in that process because the application may exist in a development environment. So I might want to test the source code, but then maybe I also want to test the code in dev during that build process before it reaches production.
1: Of course, that's really part of what agile is all about because it, it could go from that developer making changes to being in production, with, you know, within a very short space right. of time. So the, both the static and dynamic testing aspects would would have to be in in that short software development lifecycle. Yeah, absolutely. So let's go on to the actual technologies. What sort of technologies and tools should development teams be aware of that are available to them today as they move
0: forward with these Agile? Interestingly enough, I feel like the industry already has those tools. We just haven't been using them for security testing. We've had quality engineering teams that are writing unit tests that are using technologies like headless browsers uh, in order to test the functionality, the business logic of these applications. And I think that we can leverage those tools that are already in place in most development shops to write unit tests that are specific for security vulnerabilities. And by following something like the OWASP top 10, those kinds of tests can most definitely be automated, written by your quality assurance engineer, with kind of knowledge of the security space. I also think that we're getting a lot better at utilizing the larger, heavier tools, if you will, like an application scanner without using the user interface and having your Jenkins build or any CI CD really call out to that scanner via API to say, here's the URL, here's the scope that we need to test now, Go ahead and run a dynamic scan and report back and then that pipeline that process can decide whether or not the application or that feature or subset of features is ready for production based on the results of those you started off saying that
1: there's a lot of tools that organizations already have they could be making better use of but then you talked about these heavier application scanning techniques are organizations also like to have that technology already or is that something new that many organizations might need to to acquire
0: I think the technology has been around for a while. I think that uh, organizations have been slow to adopt, but are really picking up the pace. I know that there are development shops that do have those very specific security tools in place that allow uh, scanning of their web applications, but it's a mixed bag. And that's why I think it's important for that development team to really look at what they have in shop uh, and leverage it, right? If, if there's a, a good quality assurance program then let's use that. But if we actually do have tools, then let's utilize them uh, and let's put them in place.
1: With this static testing, and you mentioned the OWASP, the Open Web Application Security Project top 10 vulnerabilities just then. So with with this uh, static testing, it can go through code and it can say, oh, I see you've made a a typical error that would lead to cross-site scripting here or a typical error that would lead to SQL injection. That's how static testing works, as I understand it, correct me if I'm wrong, but dynamic testing is the application is in its live environment and you run through like a user to make sure that it runs as expected and try to test it against known ways of trying to find vulnerabilities and, and, and exploit them.
0: That's exactly right. We are in the quality assurance process in, in any software development shop. There's already a component that is a peer review of that code. And that is static uh, in nature, right? A human is looking at it. It's looking to see uh, if there are any gotchas or if it isn't compliant with uh, the, the shop standards uh, for uh, code, for example, pipe 8 uh, for Python or anything like that. Um, and, and I think that leveraging that and educating the individuals that are looking at pull requests or at code that should be merged into the application. They can, with more security knowledge, look at that code and understand whether or not there are risks within it. And so, like I said, there's already mechanisms in place that development teams can leverage to ensure that their code is low risk for the organization. And just briefly, in your experience, are
1: organizations more likely to be doing static testing than they are dynamic testing or the other way around? Is is there a, a preponderance to one type of testing at the moment?
2: I would say as far as what testing is probably performed most today, at least within the development area, would be the static code analysis, I think, because developers already have access to that code. And they are already embedding those into their build processes. That's that's probably the most native solution that they'll end up using, because it's analyzing the source code.
1: So if an organizations going to do anything, perhaps they could go away and and look at this dynamic testing uh, as a way to further improve their software development lifecycle.
0: Yeah, I think Ben is right. I think that the static pieces is, is most more prevalent. I think that the dynamic component, the tools have been. Uh, reserved, if you will, for the security professional. Uh, and if an organization doesn't have that role within, then they're not going to bring in those tools and they're, they're not going to expand it. Okay, thanks. But I heard this other term, interactive
1: application security testing, IAST. Um, what does this add along time uh, alongside static and dynamic application security testing?
2: So IAST or IAST combines both static and dynamic testing and then it's embedded within the application itself, maybe as an agent. So in terms of what it adds alongside, currently SAST or DAST alone, it really combines the two. It's actually like an extra component of the app itself. So I think I think when we're looking at it, we're also looking at kind of the pros and cons between implementing a SAST solution, a DAST solution separately, and then, okay, now what happens when I implement an IAST solution? How does that benefit... The overall process for remediation of vulnerabilities? Does that impact the performance of the app? Um, so I think it just kind of changes the conversation. And then getting buy in from stakeholders is really going to determine which technology will be the best fit for a development application team.
1: Okay. So if I was starting from scratch, would I not just say, well, I'll, I'll do an interactive application security testing because that? gives me both the static and dynamic components or, or I, is that oversimplifying it?
2: I think that's probably oversimplifying it just a little bit, only because implementing IAST, then the developers and application teams are going to have to focus more on how to make the application code more performant so that they can add something like IAST to the application. Whereas if they are simply going with a SAST and DAS solution that they want to implement through the build process, they can focus primarily on performance in the code itself without worrying about all of these other components competing for resources.
1: What about runtime application security protection? That's abbreviated to RASP, R-A-S-P, I believe. Is that another layer on top of the deployed code itself? Is this a, another layer of security software? Or again, have I misunderstood that? Is that something different?
2: So for that as well, it would almost also be a part of the application, although it's focused more on preventing attacks. So I kind of think of it more as a built-in WAF to the application. It's analyzing traffic as it comes in and identifying attacks, and it's able to protect itself, hence the name like the runtime application, self-protection or security protection.
1: You said it's like a built-in WAF. That's a WAF web application firewall yeah so it's like building that a web application firewall into your application
2: correct yeah so it's more or less like it's it's accepting and reading traffic and different behaviors from requests that are hitting the application and then it's deciding whether or not it needs to perform an action based on that traffic
1: now when you talk about both iast and rasp being things that are built into the application itself, to me, it sounds like you're providing a more integrated approach to building software and making it more secure and making the testing process more integrated. Are there cost benefits to doing that over and above, you know, going back to perhaps the, the most basic way of simply doing this static application security testing?
2: I think it adds another layer to the overall security testing environment. So whereas we might be used to performing SAST and DAST tests separately, now we've got RASP coming into play where, okay, now I can actually integrate with WAF rules or, or web application firewall rules. So I think it adds another flavor. Again, it's something that you have to think about integrating within your applications because it would end up being potentially another agent or an extra component of the app itself. So you might still have legacy applications where those traditional and even tried and true SAS and DAS solutions are extremely critical and important. But I think for newer applications and as different teams look to new solutions, some of these technologies, such as RAFs, become more and more prevalent and desirable.
1: That's a good point actually you've made there because quite often, um, for whatever reason, a legacy application may be written in COBOL or something that has to be brought into the online environment. And you, and you can't go in necessarily add components to that. So really the only way of testing that, I guess, is dynamic application security testing, which is testing it in-situ. Would that be fair
2: to say? That's going to be probably the primary resource that they end up using. So while they might look to Rasp and want to integrate it into one of these legacy applications, it might be really difficult and it might actually be more expensive for them to go back instead of perhaps, you know, creating a project moving forward, like, okay, I'm going to rebuild this app integrate it with a RASP solution because I can now with the technology and where things are going. So I think it just kind of depends on who's maintaining it, what the overall strategy is moving forward. But definitely you'll end up needing something to help test and analyze vulnerabilities and weaknesses within legacy applications.
0: Okay, And there is an investment component to it, right? These frameworks, whether you're using dynamic testing or static testing or a combination of both or tooling, etc., cetera, they have to be built. And so there is going to be an investment component there that says we need to have the individuals that can come in and help us set this up. Whether you're bringing in a third party or you know you have folks inside of your organization that can handle it you're still going to have to divert their time, their effort to build these infrastructures in order to really have your code be statically, dynamically, and runtime tested so that you have a full view of the risk to your organization. So even though there is a savings associated with it in the long run, because you're putting out more quality code, less bugs, you don't have to uh, create sprints or stories that are going to handle bugs you can focus on features Uh, there is savings because of that initially there's definitely an investment component
1: okay but there is one issue to overcome because i and i think you just touched on this Um, because you know uh, particularly you know if you're building brand new code you've built in your interactive security testing you've built in your runtime application security protection and that allows you to get a almost real-time view of the security risks that are out there. That's all well and good. But how do you handle all the feedback that's coming in? You know, it could be coming in, I guess, at a huge rate. So you, you presumably need tools that are capable of handling a lot of data coming in and, and, and
0: zoning in on what's really an important high risk that's out there. That's a really good point. And I think that you handle that the way that you do with really... Development life cycle, which is uh, have a development environment, a uh, quality assurance environment, a staging environment, and then finally a production environment. And as you're moving through those environments, you should see the noise die down. In development, you're going to see a lot of it because it's incomplete code, the application is not ready, you're still developing it. It might be okay to have bugs, uh, and maybe the priority of those isn't as high. But as you move towards quality assurance staging, and then finally production, uh, the hope is that the process which you've put in place uh, will have caught all of that, and your production environment is looking pretty clean, uh, and you're hopefully then only uh, reacting to or responding to potential attacks and not actual exploits.
1: Okay. Well, potential attacks is, is some sort of probing to try and find there's vulnerabilities in your software. But because you're now doing this so well, your organization's code that's it's building is almost vulnerability free, hopefully. But that's the holy grail anyway, I guess, of, of this whole process.
0: That is. Ultimately, you want to release bug-free applications. Uh, And and in my opinion, security bugs, right, are a part of that quality assurance process. And if you have a a good software development lifecycle that incorporates quality assurance and security engineering and testing, then you should eventually, at the end of it, come out with clean applications and a process by which producing clean applications. So the next one you develop you're already ahead of the game because you can put it in through this process. Uh, and not only are your current applications secure, but your development uh, process is secure. And so you're gonna produce quality. Okay. Now,
1: one of the problems that any organization has when it goes through a review and it starts to uh, improve its processes is everything you know is done well at the start, but then things tail off. So what advice would you offer to organizations that put in place these new techniques, start using these new testing procedures? How do they make sure that they continue to do that into the future and that their development teams don't drift back to previous bad habits?
2: I think what's really important here would be constant improvement, constant review, and then embedding automation anywhere that you can within these processes so that we're always adding, we're always improving, and we're always trying to work towards becoming more and more secure. So when I start the program, maybe I'm not looking for literally everything and I don't have as much coverage as I wish to have, although I still have a tremendous number of results to review and go through, which is where, you know, relationships with the security team and the dev team and these DevOps, SecOps and NetOps roles become extremely crucial but leveraging these tools and finding ways to improve how they're used within your environment, maybe creating different types of custom checks depending on unique business logic that you have internally. Something like that might not be created and developed up front, although because you're constantly reviewing and improving your processes, that's something that you can add as you move along your program. I've just got one
1: final question, Jay and Ben. You both work for Rapid7 that is an application security specialist, so I can anticipate the answer to this question, but I think it's an important one. Do you believe that better application security is a true competitive differentiator for organizations to develop lots of code or develop just a little bit of code? Can that make one
0: software vendor outclass another software vendor because they do this better? Without question. If I'm a buyer uh, and I have been at many points in my career uh, and I am talking to uh, a vendor and I'm looking for SaaS uh, or I'm looking for infrastructure as a service or really anything that I'm going to uh, incorporate into my IT kind of realm, then I want to make sure that they're thinking about security as much as I'm thinking about security. And so if I don't have an assurance from them that they have uh, security integrated into their development process, then I'm not going to be as uh, willing uh, to do business with that organization. Uh, On the other hand, if I have somebody that comes and says, we have security as part of it, these are all of the integration points. Here is a letter of attestation from a third party or from, uh, you know, even if it's a kind of notice that this shows me that there is uh, intent in making uh, good secure software, Uh, I'm much more willing to have a conversation with them. That's a really important point. So it's
1: not just about building better software, but it's being able to prove to your users that you have built better software and it has been tested in a rigorous way and that they can use that software safely, securing the understanding
0: that it has been tested. That's absolutely right. It's knowing that it's a part of the process.
1: Okay, well, thank you very much to Jay Paz and Ben Glass of Rapid7 for providing this insight into the technology to help address the problem of application security. We have learned from the two podcasts of Rapid7 that addressing application security requires a combination of better informed developers, more rigorous software development procedures, and supporting technology, people, process, and technology. Any organisation that relies on software development should be aware of the risks and asking itself, what am I not doing? Thank you for listening to this EM360 podcast. For more podcasts like this, head to em360tech.com.